our guest speaker this morning spoke here. Um, he is a missionary in Russia that we support that I have known most of my life, but that's not the reason we support him because, to be honest, he's been there five years and we've only supported him for a year. Not even a year. We supported him six months. And so that's not why um, we support him. In fact, I told him, I, I went over there earlier this year, and he's like, you know, I'm really glad you came over, but I didn't ever think you'd come. And I was like, well, I had to make sure you were really going to stick this thing out, you know. <laughs> so now that he's five years into it, and uh, we finally decided to partner with him, I wanted him to come back and share what he's doing in Russia, why he's there, and how our church partners with that. So, Steve Cecil, come on up. Thank you, Bill. Can I get this thing turned on? It says on, but check, 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 check. Hi. Good morning. How are you? I flew in uh, to Seattle last Sunday to do some training in Bellevue, uh, coaching training, like life coaching, ministry coaching. And uh, so it was like this really intensive thing. And so I got off the plane the next morning, started 8.30 to 6, 8.30 in the morning to 6 p.m. every day, like just getting information crammed into my brain. And so I didn't really like have jet lag until yesterday. I started really feeling it and I was like, what happened just now, you know? Um, but I'm glad to be here this morning. Uh, where are we? Burien. Beautiful, beautiful Burien. Great place. Driving over the... Just looking at the Puget Sound this morning, it was so nice, and the uh, sun's out today, so praise God for that. Uh, I did live in Bothell for um, six and a half, or five and a half years, so kind of familiar with the uh, Northwest weather. Actually, I have a good friend here, Paul Martin, um, who came over to hang out today, so let's say hi, Paul. What's up, brother? Glad you're here. And yeah, Jeff, I could tell you some stories about Jeff, and uh, but I won't. I will save that for later, but yeah, he has been a great friend, really, since the day he was born. Um, I think I was there, I was like, what's up, dude, and then we like hung out ever since, so um, I was the best man in his wedding, he was the best man in my wedding, so that's how tight we, we really are. Um, it's kind of weird, like when you're, um, when you're speaking at a church as a missionary, you, you kind of have a couple responsibilities, you know, it's like you want to report you know, what you're doing because you need support, right? But uh, you can't just do that at a church. I never feel comfortable doing that. You know, like, oh, here's what we're doing. You know, give us some money, and that's really great. Thank you. Um, but really, what I want to do is, like, encourage, like, and build up, you know, Christ's church. And uh, so I always have that duplicity going on um, when I'm speaking at places. So hopefully what I can do today is, like, share a few stories, and um, they can be inspirational to you. And really, like, encourage you to move forward in what God's called you to do. Um, I feel like that's what God has really um, put on my heart as a mandate, um, on my life as a mandate to um, kind of be a person who pushes and supports others to accomplish what He's called them to do. And uh, so, even if it's just for a few minutes where I get to speak to a group of people like this, really, I'm praying in Jesus' name that you will somehow be inspired and that God could really do something significant in your life today to move you forward in what he's called you to. So i got a few pictures. Of course, I should introduce you to my family, uh, my wife, Kim, and uh, three kids, Kayla, Connor, and Caden. You can see that uh, Kayla looks like she's graduating here. She did graduate from high school uh, this last June, and uh, it was the most depressing day of my life so far. 
Um, she moved to California in August. Uh, actually, next uh, this week, later on this week, I'll be able to see her, so that's cool. Um, but she's going to Life Pacific University. She's studying psychology, wants to be a, a counselor and uh, care for people's uh, needs. And so really proud of her. She's doing really, really awesome. Um, but it's kind of a different feel now, you know, around the house without, um, without her there. Uh, in fact, it's been really good for our youngest, who's 11, who used to really be dependent on uh, his older brother and older sister, and now he's kind of finding some independence, and that's kind of been a cool thing to see that we didn't expect to have happen. So let me tell you a few stories about um, some people in Russia. Uh, we live in St. Petersburg. Actually, we've been in Russia for six years. This is our seventh year um, that we're living there, and um, uh, for two of those years, we lived in uh, two different cities, Sochi and then a city called Chalabinsk. And we just, rec- uh, four years ago, we moved to St. Petersburg. And we've lived in St. Petersburg, Russia for the last uh, four plus years. And our really, our, our, our purpose, our mission for being there is to help discover, develop, and deploy new um, leaders to plant the gospel throughout Russia. Right now, in Russia, there are seven four-square churches. And, uh, but we, actually, there's 11 time zones, seven four-square churches, so there's more time zones uh, than churches, actually. Um, but we have a vision to somehow, in Jesus' name, see 500 churches uh, planted and um, happening in Russia, which is um, a, a, a vision that's probably beyond our time. Um, but uh, we believe that we're called to help get things established and get things going. And who knows? I mean, God can do some crazy stuff, right? So um, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, I can't do that. And that's exactly right. You know, so if God's asked you to do something that you think you can't do, you're probably right. Um, but God can do it through you. And so just be um, ready, be open to have him doing that. And uh, some of the stories today that I want to share are really stories of God doing significant things in people's lives, um, things beyond what they're capable of, things beyond what they believe they could actually do. And uh, it's been cool for us to be part of those stories. Um, The first picture I have is this uh, guy speaking up front. His name is Alexander Pasheko. He is actually the national leader of Foursquare Russia. He is the pastor of our local church in St. Petersburg. Um, This church is a new church. Um, It started after we moved there about three and a half, uh, started about three and a half years ago. And um, Alexander, back in the early 90s, um, went to one year of Bible school and uh, really um, felt like he was supposed to start a church. And so he did. He just started a church with not much training, Um, but he started a church and and God moved. People came. Uh, Lives were changed. Uh, two years after that, he felt like he was supposed to leave that church and go start another church in a bigger city nearby. And, um, and he started that church, and God moved. People's lives were changed, and, and things were happening. And, um, and then a couple years after that, uh, somebody from his church went and planted another church. And so um, in his early days of ministry, he planted three churches. Now, it's funny when you know people, you know, and you're like, could God really do that, you know, through that guy? And, um, like, because you just know the, 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 the positive stuff and the negative stuff, right? Uh, the, the good stuff and the bad stuff. And, um, but God does great things with people who just say yes, right? That is what's so amazing about God. Well, um, after about these uh, first four or five years, Alexander met somebody from Foursquare. And... Um, 
And that person was a missionary uh, from somewhere out here. And um, that person said, you know, you should be part of Foursquare because we are a church planting organization. And uh, so Alexander's like, well, I, church, I plant churches. I love that, you know. Let's do it. And so he signs up with Foursquare. And then for 10 years, didn't plant another single church. And, um, and so when we moved there, you know, he was, this was like his frustration. You know, it's like um, he joined an organization that he really believed was going to be a church planting movement. And nothing was happening at all. And so we said, well, let's change that. And, um, and so after about uh, two years of being there and working with him, uh, his family and our family and a few people from uh, our church in Shalabans moved to St. Petersburg to plant this church um, that we believe is, is going to become like the mother church of Foursquare Russia, something like that, you know. And so we're starting, we've started a Bible school, we started an internship program um, to raise up leaders. If you're going to reach a nation, you've got to reach the next generation, right? And so we're really working a lot on reaching those young leaders who are going to be the ones who spread the gospel throughout, not just Russia, but we believe beyond. And um, so it was amazing to see a guy who even after um, 10 years or even more, it was more than that, um, of, of not doing what was in his heart, God reawoke in that calling and he stepped out in faith, took a risk and accomplished um, his mission. Uh, to, to go and plant another church. And, and now we're, we're really, we are really working hard at planting new churches and raising up new leaders. Um, we have, in the last three years, um, actually, of the seven Foursquare churches, four of them are new in the last three and a half years. And so that's an amazing, amazing thing that's taken place. So here we are at Alexander's second church. They're celebrating, um, it was just a couple weeks ago, their 20th anniversary, which was um, so cool to be able to be a part of that and um, to celebrate what God has done, not just in that church, but through this guy, you know, through a guy who is just willing to say yes. And so uh, let's go to the next slide. This is Tanya. Tanya is a pastor's kid. She is 21 years old. Um, Tanya <coughs> uh, came to St. Petersburg, oh gosh, was it three years ago now? Three years ago. As, uh, and she became one of our first interns at our full-time internship program. Now, at the time, Tanya was um, a little bit uh, rebellious, a little bit um, nervous. Um, she was uh, nervous to do anything up front. Um, part of what we do is we teach people English, and she just refused to t learn English. She's like, I'm not going to learn that stupid language. I'm Russian, you know. Why do I need that? And um, it's been amazing to see how just spending time with somebody, you know what discipleship is? Wasting time with people, you know that? And so we've wasted three years with her. And um, we have seen God transform this person um, from a timid, shy, um, didn't believe in herself. Actually, she always had struggled with um, grades in school. Um, and she just was unsure of where God was leading her. And God transformed her into a person who's like, She's our leader of our youth ministry. She is now um, part director of the internship program. Um, she's been in Europe a couple times uh, doing leadership stuff with um, a group of us who are um, planning conferences and things like that and for Foursquare Europe. And we've really seen God just transform this person. She has a huge dreams, big dreams to um, start ministries, see God work, not just in Russia, 
but also in Europe. And so to watch a person go from timid and shy to bold and brave um, has been amazing. I, she's 21, right? And she's our youth leader now. Um, in fact, she was just messaging me this morning. She's like, because I've been away, I'm kind of like a coach, you know, I'm kind of like a um, facilitator. I kind of see myself as that role. I, I was the leader and transitioned out of that. Um, but she's writing, she's like, hey, are you having a good time in America? Um, don't worry about us. We're great. We were planned out through December. So, you know, just, you can stay gone if you want to, basically. It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I will just do that. And um, so she's great. So God's doing great things in her and through her. Uh, next story is a story about um, this girl from Siberia. And uh, she was in a church. Uh, it was a four-square church. It's now pulled out of four-square. Um, but uh, the leadership at this church is really, like, controlling it. And that's kind of one of the things in, in Russia that uh, we struggle or deal with a lot. Um, they have their leadership um, model is Putin, right? You know, and so it's like very domineering, very hierarchical, uh, very much you do what I say or I kill you, um, <clears throat> that type of an idea. And, and so that kind of falls, trickles down into churches. And so pastors are kind of like that. It's very hierarchical, especially the gen- generation above uh, this generation. And, um, and so she was kind of oppressed, controlled. She really felt like God had called her to do some things and was never able to, to break free and to accomplish that. Well, about four years ago, she came to St. Petersburg for a two-week trip and stayed. Uh, never went back home because she found some, some life in this church, some um, people that believed in her. And she was always a very strict, very angry, very judgmental person. And again, we saw God transform her to becoming a, a person full of grace, a, a person full of hope, um, a person full of believing that what God's called her to do can happen. And so she felt like God was calling her to minister in a German-speaking country. And, you know, it's kind of hard for a Russian girl who's single to get a visa to go to Europe or America, you know, because the thought is, well, they're just going to go there, they're going to find some guy, and they're just going to stay there, right? It's like their way out of Russia, kind of. And um, But she was really like, nope, I'm going to do this right way. I'm just going to tell them what I'm doing, and let's see. And so she got invited to go to Switzerland and to um, be part of a, a full-time internship program there for three months and to also serve that community and serve that church. And um, when she went to get her visa, uh, the woman at the visa counter said, why are you wasting your money? You know, this is impossible for you to get a visa to go to Switzerland for three months just, you know, thanks for just ripping up that cash in front of my face, basically, is what she was saying. And um, a couple weeks later, though, lo and behold, the visa came through. She was, door was open, and she was able to go to Switzerland. Um, Part of that process for her was writing her story, because she really went from a place in Siberia where um, she was kind of oppressed to experiencing God's um, faithfulness to what he's called her to do, and opening the doors to Switzerland. She's not done there yet. Um, she plans to go back. She plans on being there, you know, kind of full-time-ish. Um, but right now, she's kind of in the between. Um, but she was able to go and to minister and to change some people's lives in Switzerland. So she wrote a book, and it's called From Siberia to Switzerland, right? This girl's like 30 years old and um, just full of faith and just full of, like, belief that God can use her to change 
a, a, a country, to change a group of people. And time and time again, these are just a few stories, but the people that we're talking to, the people that we're ministering to, the people that, that we're around, you know, God has a great calling on every single one of their lives. And, and man, I just want to help them accomplish it, right? Don't you want to help people accomplish what God's like breathed into them? Um, the thing that he created them to do when they were in their mother's womb. Like, God has great things for the people around us. And, of course, not just for the people around us, right? God has great things for me. Right? God has great things for each and every single one of you. Things that are bigger than you. Things that you can't do without his help. Things that you can't probably do without the help of some people around you. But sometimes we just squash those things. The oppressor isn't the pastor that's controlling. The oppressor is our own doubts. The, the oppressor is our own fears. The oppressor is, is our own limitations that we put on ourselves. And God wants us to break out of that. right? With, with God, there are no limitations. With God, nothing is impossible with God. right? He can accomplish and do everything that he said through you. And um, this past year, uh, let's see, last year, I... Um, I decided that, okay, I'm going to try to break through, right, this oppressive ceiling that I've placed on myself. And I, I started to, to believe God for some things. And so I started, I decided I'm going to pray every single day for these seven things that I just believe God wants to, um, to, to, to uh, blossom, have blossom in my life. And so I was praying for my marriage. I'm like, we're going to have a great marriage. That's all there is to it. You know, I'm tired of being like, oh, okay, you know, I want to be, I want to thrive. I want to have an awesome marriage. I was praying for my kids, and I didn't want them to be, like, distracted uh, by the things of the world, um, just by laziness. I wanted them to know where God was calling them, and I wanted to, like, ha- have them shoot, like, an arrow towards a target. And, like, they were just too focused on God to, to be distracted by anything else. I'm like, I'm praying for that. I was praying for our finances, you know. We wanted to give away and still do. want to give away more money every year than we do the year before. Like, we want to be people who not, don't just talk about the kingdom and don't just work in the kingdom, but we're giving to help others accomplish what God's called them to do. And uh, so we found some opportunities to do that. But we're praying that God increases our finances so that we can give more away. Um, I was praying that there's some bad habits. Everybody has bad habits. Anybody have a bad habit? Some bad habits in my life, Right. Uh, I, I wanted to just kill those things and replace them with good habits. And so just focus on praying for that um, every day. I was praying that, you know, Foursquare Russia, that we would be effective, that we knew what God was calling us to do. Okay, how do we need to organize? Where do we need to go next um, to actually accomplish what God's called us to do, that we would be moving forward? I was praying that, you know, when I prayed for people, like something would actually happen. You know, I was tired of these, like, cute prayers, like, oh, God, you know, if it's too will, you know, it'd be great if this would happen. You know, I wanted to pray in Jesus' name, be healed, and somebody's healed, you know, like, let's see God's spirit really work and move through us, and so I was praying for that, and then I was praying that I would learn Russian, and that was, like, probably the <laughs> the most impossible prayer, and, uh, no, Yagavarupa-Ruski, so it's cool, it's like, I have meetings now only in Russian, which is, it's really... It's a miracle. Um, it's a miracle. And so I was praying for these seven things, just like, okay, God, I don't want to have this, this small-mindedness in these things. I want to I see you do great things. And uh, so that was a great year and a great practice and a great thing to 
have happened. At the beginning of this year, um, I, I like to go away for a couple of days at the beginning of the year, just like soak, spend some time with Jesus, listen, pray, kind of look at my calendar, like think about what's, what am I supposed to be doing this next year. And uh, while I was on this little retreat, um, I really felt like God said clearly, you know, the seven was nice. But this year I want you to focus on one thing. And that one thing is me. And that one thing is my relationship, your relationship with me. And I thought of this verse in Matthew 6, that says, you know, seek first, right? Seek first <laughs> the kingdom of God and everything else is going to be added unto you. All your hopes, all your dreams, everything that you feel like God's called you to do, everything that you, you feel like, you know, you're supposed to be doing, participating in, be a contributor, a contributor of, all of these things will be added, but <laughs> it's if you seek first. And so sometimes what I do, maybe sometimes what we all do, is that we try to live out our faith, try to live out our Christianity without Christ. Right? It's like we, we are just doing the stuff. And, and, and so we're doing the religious part of, of, of Christianity without the Christ part, without the relationship part. And, and God really was t- saying to me, stop. You're too, you're busy. Right? You're, you're, you're actually, when you pray to me, you're just praying to get results. You just want something from me. When, when is it going to be that Jesus is just enough? Like, he is the reason. And for sure, all this stuff, all these things that we've seen these people do, things that God's called me to do, these things are going to happen. But it has to be through me just being with Jesus. Right? It's like the story of Mary and Martha, right? And uh, Martha's running around, busy, 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 busy. You know, Jesus, tell Mary to get up and help me do this stuff. And what does he say? He says, no. There's only one thing that's important, and she has chosen the thing. I am not going to tell her to get up and get busy and just start doing stuff. I want her to just sit at my feet and just be with me. And this year, I've really been trying to make that my focus. Like just connecting, just relating, just being with Jesus. I have a week like this last week. And um, flew in on Sunday from Russia, 18 hours of travel. Wake up Monday, is full schedule. Whole week is like in meetings and then with people after meetings. And, you know... Um, even during worship this morning, I'm, we're singing these songs, and I'm just like, what was this week about? I felt like a failure. Like, I felt like I didn't do what I was, know I'm supposed to do, you know? And, and even in that context, and even when I, I, I don't connect as deep as I want to or feel like I should be connecting, you know, and I was just worshiping, and, and just Jesus is with me and saying, you're here now. You're here now. That's what matters. Right? He's not judgmental. He's, you know, sometimes we think that, oh, I'm not good enough to go to him. I haven't been with him enough. We're not close enough. And God's not waiting to have you come to him so he can be rebuke you. Right? God wants you to just come to him. And he just wants to hold you. He just wants to say, you know what? This is great. Thanks for coming. I love it. I think of it with, with my kids, you know. 
um, when I get these opportunities, my kids are getting older and they're doing their own stuff, but when they stop and they just come, I don't yell at them for coming, right? Like, I'm so glad you're here. And let's just hang out. Let's just spend some time together. And I think that's what God wants you to uh, think about this morning. God loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He has stuff for you to do, and you're going to do that stuff. But that's going to come through relationship. And so dream big, right? God can use you to do great things. Those things that he's spoken to you, now those things will become a reality because he's God, right? He is faithful to his promises. But our calling, our primary calling, is to just come and be with him and to sit at his feet and to allow him to just minister to us. And uh, as we do that, he's going to empower us and use us to do awesome things. Amen? Jeff. Steve's going to be around afterwards. He'll be out by the information counter. If you want to partner with him, um, you can do that through the church or directly through him. Or if you just want more information, he probably has an email or whatever that you can sign up to get. As a church, we uh, partner with several different ministries and mission opportunities because we believe that we're not just created to be a giant holding pool. We're created to be a kingdom empowerment movement. And so we support orphans in Mexico and we support um, domestic violence shelters in Des Moines. We support Transform Bury and to feed people. And we support Russian train, pastoral training in Russia. So, you know, we can't do everything, but we're very focused about doing things that are going to challenge and change the world. And we want to invite you to, if you want to, to partner with Steve in that. Um, today is Communion Sunday, and um, it's never, I would say, it's never the same because though it is a ritual, I never want it to just be ritualistic. John chapter 13 tells us this. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from his own world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he would come and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel with which he was girded. I love the fact that Jesus already knows his betrayer and yet he still washes his feet. Because it's not about what makes Jesus happy. It's about doing what he was called to do and being who he was created to be. As the very son of God, he has the option. He, he could have told all the people, that's the one that's going to betray me. And the disciples probably would have attacked and killed him. But he doesn't. Jesus washes Judas' feet. And he looks at us, and he knows we're going to betray him. He knows we're going to deny him. He knows we're not going to do what we've been called to do because we're human and we fail so often. And he looks at us, and he goes, I want to wash your feet. 
So I want to invite everybody today. We have an open table, which means that you don't have to be a member here. You don't have to have signed a pledge card here. You don't have to be a giver here. You are welcome to come and receive. I invite and I encourage everybody. We'll have three lines. They'll dismiss you from the back to the front. Anybody who wants to receive today. It says, as often as you do this, do this in my name. And so it's not even, if you really look at it, it's not even you. Some people misinterpret this. doesn't anywhere say you have to have repented of your sins right now. It says you do this in remembrance of me, which means we are a people who recognize we are in desperate need of a Savior. You're a broken and sinful people. And if you can look at yourself and go, yeah, I've done things wrong in my life, and you recognize that, then there is hope for us. Because if you can't recognize or see that, then we're not in a place where we even believe we need a Redeemer. And yet God looks and says, I've provided you one so that you could have a path back to God. So I invite everybody to come and take. If today, whether it's physically you can't make it up, emotionally you can't, you just go, Jeff, I'm not even worthy to walk up there, but you're still willing to receive. Just hold your hand up. Tracy's going to come and serve you. After she comes back up here, if you need gluten-free, she's the gluten-free line. It's right here in the middle. Um, James will be on one side. I'll be on the other. We just want to invite you. So we want to say this table, it's not about our church. It's about you connecting with God in a real way. So James, come and grab this, Tracy. And today, remember... There was a sacrifice made for you because you were worth having a sacrifice made for.
Jesus, you're 